Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in youth ministry for quite a clip and have just about seen it all. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, hungers that every minister has. So buckle up. We're looking forward to journeying with you guys today. We're actually talking about what does it mean to uh, leverage the power of delegation. Hey, Chris, I'm kind of getting sick of being the same person on the intro. I've, I've done that same one every single time. I realized that as we were doing it again. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's start over. Do it again. No, Take we won't do that to you guys, I promise. <laughs> Can we just try the first two lines? Go ahead. You read it exactly how it says. <laughs> We've already done this. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to. It literally says yeah, no, my name, says name on the my first name line. My name is Chris Bartlett. Okay, so um, I, I delegate Sorry, to you next time. You can be uh, literally in our notes. It says dude one, dude two. So I can be dude one next time. You can be dude one next time. But it's insert your name here, right? Instead of Chris Bartlett. I, I can do that. I think I can handle that. Okay, we can switch it up. So. <laughs> All right, guys. So this week, um, after listening to last week's episode, one of the things that I, I, I heard us say um, several times was something that we need to address and we need to talk with ministry leaders about. And this is every minister leader across the board. It's not for just youth ministers. We may speak about it through the youth minister lens because that's our experience. But it's something that everybody needs to do in every level of ministry. And that's empowering other people to do what they need to do and what they can do best and letting go of the things that that you need to let go of. We talked about last time innovating in ministry and being problem solvers, finding ways to meet the needs of the communities that we serve here and now. And we can't do it all. You cannot do it all. We need to be the organizers of gifts rather than the doers of all things. And so we're going to be talking about delegation, some of the practical things like how to do that, and at what levels you may delegate you know, to certain people. Any thoughts on this before we get rolling into it, Chris? Yeah, as you're diving into it, I'm just like, I'm thinking you're talking about all ministers. And of course, the, the first that pops into my mind is, oh yeah, priests, you know, but you see that in a parish, especially bigger parishes. But then you take it down to domestic church, you take it to families, mm. and parents are supposed to be the primary faith sharers, yep. and it is vital. My children know how to pray because we've prayed together, and then I started saying, okay, you lead the Our Father, now yep. you lead the Hail Mary, and you start doing that level of delegation even in your own home. Yep. So if, if you're just a parent out there, you are a minister, and this information matters to you. Yeah, and if we want to train people up right, whether it's volunteers in our ministries or our kids at home, we, we have to give them a chance to to lead, you know, to experience, to to give their own voice to things. And one of the things that we did in our family, so we we've up to this point, we've prayed all together as a family. Everybody takes their turn, and then we move on. Well, what I did last week is I said, okay, you're going to lead it. And so I just gave it to one person to lead, and then we went from the oldest to youngest. And they were like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, you've been doing this for years. Like, just do the same thing that you've been doing, you know? And they were like, oh, well, now, but they feel like there's so much pressure on them now. And it's like, it's not any different than what you've been doing. You know, it's just funny. Oldest to youngest is vital because we uh, have a part in our prayer time as a family. And we started letting uh, one of our kids say, okay, you get to pick who goes next. Uh-huh. 
And then people are like, why am I always going last? They feel betrayed <laughs> by their brother, you know? It's, it's not fair. Of course it's not fair. Um, You've got to have an order that's arbitrary, relatively. But but to bring it back to delegation, it's actually a, a, a difficult thing because there are certain tasks that are more desired, certain tasks that require a little bit more... Um, I don't know, authority or, or trust level and things like that. Now oh, you delegated that to them, but I've been volunteering two years longer than them. Mm-hmm. Now my feelings are hurt. So this whole idea of delegation and empowering others in ministry, it's not as simple as what we're going to say. No. There's emotions yeah. and feelings and, 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 you know, egos that all get mixed into it. Um, but I want to start us out with a story of delegation. I have the shaky hands. I've got the, the handwriting of a doctor that writes prescriptions. You know what I mean? It's just not that good. Are you going to make uh, your typical like Monday night joke here or are we just going to make it awkward for everybody? Okay, so it's I'm not for everybody. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> so I'm not. But had I been going there, um, you would have just rained on my parade, Matt Rice. How dare you? How dare you, ladies and gentlemen? This is our second Ministry Leaders Anonymous After Dark podcast. We're recording here at 9:40 p.m., which is much later. Um, nevertheless, and Matt's having too much fun. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> I I have horrible handwriting. It's a, it's a growth area. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. There we go. But uh, I, so when it comes to sacramental records, it's it's a challenge because I, I have to sit and I have to focus so hard. And we've got a lot of sacraments uh, that take place at the parish I work at that I'm in charge of. So I delegated it out to one of my uh, one of my leaders and uh, she loves it. Yeah. She loves it because yeah. she knows that years from now when these teens go to get married as adults, um, Someone's going to have to go back and check to make sure that they've received the sacrament of confirmation, their sacraments of initiation, and they will see her handwriting yeah. in that book that remains in a fireproof safe for lots, long time. Yeah. You know Protected. what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so she was honored by a task that was extremely draining to me. Yep. And it, it was absolutely beautiful. So sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to delegate the stuff I don't want to do because who else would want to do it? Well, there she are people, does. There are people out there that love that stuff. Yeah. Find someone with the gift of administration. Find someone who's good at skits, leading icebreakers. It's it's like amazing. And then all of a sudden, watch them come alive because we were willing to let go and allow them to let their gifts flourish in that aspect of the program or ministry that we're in charge of. Yeah. So let's let's set everything up. So why do we want to delegate? Um, what are the, the reasons for delegating? And I think there's a, a lot of different reasons um, that we can delegate. And I want to dive into a few of them. One of them is by, by empowering your volunteers, by delegating things, you actually, it's strange as it sounds, you connect them to your ministry in a deeper, more, I don't know, intimate way than they would have been before. They actually are more committed to your ministry because you've given them a, an important task. This is kind of what you were just saying to a certain way, but like in a certain sense, but they're looking for leadership roles, um, and they want to participate in those leadership roles. Go, Chris. Ownership. I would just yeah, sum yeah, yeah. that up ownership, with the word yeah. ownership. There you yeah. go. I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another aspect is I believe that we do not make disciples if we do not allow people to experience. Yep. And so experience, even if they fail, we've given them the opportunity, and we should do everything in our power to empower people to succeed when we delegate to them. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but... Giving people that ownership and that opportunity all of a sudden puts them at the front line and they have to depend on their gifts and their God, our God, right? Yeah. 
to yeah. go ahead and succeed. So it's part of building a disciple is allowing them to go ahead and make their faith a verb, not a noun. Yeah. And you don't want to like um, be like helicopter youth minister trying to make sure that they never stub their toes on anything, you know, because failure, at least small failures, are, are avenues for learning. And so what you don't want is a catastrophic failure where they, they hate their life, they hate what you just gave them, and now they hate you because you set them up to fail. Uh, but you don't want to be double checking every little thing they do and making sure that they've done this, you've done that, you've done this, because you want them to feel that tension to a certain extent of, oh, crud, you're right. You told me to do that, and, and I didn't follow up with you every single day to make sure you did it, and then you didn't do it, and this little piece of the night could have run, or this little piece of the event could have run smoother, and you know why, and to talk about that. yeah. Right. It's interesting sometimes the support you get after you're sick for a night and you're not able to make a, a, a ministry session or something like that, and the team has to lead all of a sudden without you. And the next week they come back and they're like, I don't know how you do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, It makes you feel real good. (laughs) But then that's not effective delegation. That was just the flu virus. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Strain A. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, So other, other reasons like why, you know, to delegate. The other reason is piggybacking on what we talked about with Everett Fritz while he was on the show is, there are ways that we need to be problem solvers. We see something that our youth needs, or we see something that our congregation needs, whatever, and we need that to get done, but we're not going to be able to do it. So if we are the only ones doing ministry, it limits what gets done. So another reason to delegate is more stuff actually gets done to delegate. Now that's like the ob- like maybe one of the most obvious reasons to delegate, but go ahead, Chris. Yeah, another one would be to uh, to multiply the, the ministry, yeah, yep. right? The same thing, more stuff gets done. Save time. I don't think that saving time is necessarily a healthy reason to delegate. It's like, I really want to get back home so I can play Fortnite. <laughs> but, but there is a work-life balance kind of reality to where if you did it all, and you might not be able to honor the other aspects of your life. And God is putting people there to help you succeed because he wants you to be a good husband or wife. He wants you to be a good uh, brother or sister, a good friend or whatever it is outside of your uh, your job um, or, or your, your position at, at the church as a ministry leader. But another aspect is God doesn't give us all the gifts yeah. that, uh, that are needed to accomplish his yep. work. Absolutely. But he does, he does give us all the gifts that he desires us to use in order to accomplish our mission as a part of his work. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's a beautiful fl- flower garden with many oh, different shut flowers, up. or it's a it's a, it's a it's a symphony with many different instruments. I'm the guy that's here um, to call you out on that stuff. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, one of the other things that I was thinking of as you were talking was the uh, kind of the ego that I want to do everything so that when I'm not there, everybody needs me, and that desire to be needed can be. I mean, yeah, that's just something getting over ourselves with regards to that. And so the reason I I bring that up is another reason to delegate is if you're actually thinking about the longevity of the ministry that you are putting in and you're putting together, it has to survive past you. So when you leave, when you die, when you move on to another ministry, whatever it is, what's going to happen to it? Is it all so dependent on you that if you're gone, it falls apart? And we, we can't right. do that. 
no matter what level of ministry we're in. So you're saying that a Christ-centered ministry is better Ooh, than a is better is better than a Chris-centered ministry. You know how many times I've accidentally accidentally typed Chris? No, sorry, Christ is actually what I've typed. Christ, oh, uh, Chris with the T. Wait, that's Christ. That's funny. Story time. Anyway. My uh, very first uh, job that I got. I, I was applying to a number of jobs, and I was down in St. Louis interviewing for a position, and they said, man, this guy who wrote you a letter of recommendation really believes in you. And I said, why is that? Well, because throughout the letter of recommendation, he kept typing Christ Bartlett instead of Chris Bartlett. Sure. Long, long story short, I did I did get offered the position. So That's funny. So the Savior Complex will get you somewhere. <laughs> That's true. Um, any any other thoughts on why? I know we haven't exhausted it at all. We've given it a decent taste on you know why we even need to think about delegating. Well, I think that the, the next piece, uh, as much as I want to go into the logistics of or the different levels of delegation, I, I think it's important to admit that delegation is hard. Yeah. It is. And, and there's a couple different reasons. Sometimes when I delegate to someone, I feel like I'm burdening them with ministry instead of blessing mm-hmm. them with ministry. Yep. But yep. if it's a calling, it will not be a burden. That doesn't mean there won't be hardships. And there's a distinction and sometimes a fine line. And sometimes you just can't wait until May comes and you're just, yep. you know, whatever. But uh, yep. but th- there, there needs to be the fact that ministry is a blessing. And if I give them something and they are called, then it will be a blessing and that they can also adult and say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm at my max right now. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, like you said, it, if, it's, if they're called to do that, it will be a source of God's grace in their life to fill them up. And you already mentioned yeah. another barrier to delegation is ego or wanting it to be a, a, a self-centered ministry instead of a Christ-centered ministry, which is problematic. And that is not one that's all that obvious. And if you're the ministry leader, not a lot of people are going to be like, "Hey, this is feeling like it's your show instead of God's show." Like that's that'd be that'd be that'd be someone you'd want to keep on your team for sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't get like that. Then that's really hard, you know. Don't get angry at that person and kick them off your team, right? Because they're actually like being real with you and being honest with you. And I love having people like that around that will call me out when I'm doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And I love setting up an environment in our team where they will say, "Hey, Matt." What you just did this morning was not a good thing. And I don't think it was good because of this, 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 and that. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. And I, I love having that that kind of a, yeah. So have those people around, keep those people around. Yeah. Any other barriers to delegation in your mind? The uh, I like what you said about the, the burden because it, it can feel like that. One of the things that I also struggled with is overcoming their own feeling of inadequacy. Mm. We talked about inadequacy in another podcast, but our, our, as, as much as we feel that as the leaders, our volunteers can feel that too. And empowering them and trusting them with it and then giving them, like you said, the resources to succeed. One of the things that I always, that I expected of all of my, my volunteers was to, to lead, to give a talk or to give a testimony. Now, not everybody is is made for that, but there were people that I knew would be great at it. And it was like, okay, this semester you're giving a talk. Uh, I can't do that. Okay, give a testimony this semester, and then next semester you're going to give a talk. And they were like, uh, and they did. And like that person actually came to be one of the founding members at Ablaze, and she was a great speaker, you know. And it yeah. was just teasing out like and and empowering them and. And pouring into them, making them feel like 
I don't know that they that they can do it. Come on in. The water's fine, but sometimes you can't let them get in the deep end. You have to go ahead and walk with them into the shallow end and uh, and help them be successful. Yeah, sometimes Absolutely. the resistance is on their end in regards to um, a barrier to delegation, and it sometimes we have to challenge people. You know, I, I think about it in regards to um, kind of asking people to support your ministry financially and uh and then going back and saying well hey can you give a little bit more you know like mm-hmm. financially that's the reality but also in regards to time and talent we asked them to continue to share their time and talent we had a guy on our team this year who the whole first semester rock star guy awesome small group leader but then all of a sudden he brings out his piano to an event in the second semester uh-huh. The dude is like, uh, he's like, well, <laughs> he walked away. It was unbelievable. It was just beautiful. And uh, he walks away that night. I was like, how did it go? He goes, well, I guess I'm on the worship team now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. And, and he knew. He knew. You know, it was just too good. And uh, yeah. and that and that's the reality is it's not even just a time commitment. Sometimes it's, it's gifts and bringing forth those gifts. And sometimes people hold them back because he... He likes sitting in the audience during the worship time and worshiping alongside people. And give them, giving them, letting them know that just because they do it that one time or they're called to do it on occasion or often, it doesn't mean they're doing it all the time. I'm still going to give you time to sit in the audience and worship with everybody else. You're not going to have to be the leader all the time. And that may help get over some of the, the fears with regards to, I don't want to be that guy having to do this all the time. Yeah, but David, if you're listening, it's at least a two weeks notice. You got to tell me, okay, buddy? <laughs> That's funny. The, uh, one of the, you, we were talking about gifts, and it reminded me of Sherry Waddell's book, um, Forming Intentional Disciples, and the, is it the Siena, Siena Institute with the gifts inventory? Yes. Where you actually, like, you run through a test to see charisms. You know, what, yeah, the charisms. Mm-hmm. What, what gifts or charisms that you, that you may have? And in that whole test, one of the things I noticed about it was people tell me this, people tell me that, like different things about myself. People tell me this. Well, if we aren't telling each other what gifts we have, how in the world am I ever going to know what I'm called to do? And so that's our role in a way as leaders. That's our roles as just Christians, like to tell someone, you've got a gift in this. I don't know how God wants you to use it, but you've got a gift in this. And I, I actually see you using it in this particular way. Yeah, so if you're driving and listening, go ahead and pull over, get out a pen. Affirmation is the on-ramp to delegation. Yes. We need to call out their gifts, and affirmation is the on-ramp to so many other things in regards to empowering people in ministry, that that should be a staple. After your ministry event, the next day you're back in the office, you need to have it at the top of your list to affirm at least one or two people from the team on what they did well and be specific about it. Absolutely. Um, Any other thoughts on barriers or reasons why or... We want to move into some practical stuff. Let's land the plane, man. We keep circling. <laughs> Here we go. So there's a, there's a guy named Michael Hyatt. He's a big, um, I don't know, not, not self-help. That's not the right way to describe it. but uh, Entrepreneurial, business, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Leadership. Leadership type of stuff. Um, and so he actually has a post that has really made an impact on me in regards to delegation. I use it when we have summer interns or, or new people on, on the team. In regards to the levels, uh, the five levels of delegation. So, Matt, can I walk through those for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. So, the first level is just the basic. They do exactly 
what you have asked them to do. Don't deviate from my instructions. Go over and fill me up a glass of lemonade. Boom, they get you a glass of lemonade. Now, I don't think that's a ministerial effect, but it's an example. Calm down, okay? (laughs) Level two is uh, research the topic and report back, and we'll discuss it. So, okay, tell me what they have to drink, and then I'll tell you what I want. So they go in there. Well, you got lemonade. You got water. Uh, what, what's that? Uh, milk. You know the uh, at the Mexican restaurants that delicious milk. Do you know what I'm talking I about? No, I don't know oh what gosh. you're talking about. It's amazing. <laughs> Why did it come into my brain? Anyways, it's uh, <laughs> someone who knows what I'm talking about. It's like that cold milk. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Please send in a, a, a like tweet at this or make a comment because we've got to know. <laughs> I can taste it in my mouth right in this very moment. <laughs> so that's level two. Then they come back and I'm like, okay, the milk one is what I want. Um, and then level three, research the topic, outline the options, and make a recommendation. Okay, so then they go ahead and they come back and they're like, well, the milk had a little bit of green in it. It's like, okay, so what's your recommendation? I would recommend the lemonade. Okay, the next one, <clears throat> make a. De- <laughs> Now this isn't okay. Now this is where my analogy breaks down. Level yeah, like, four. This is a really simple analogy. Go ahead. Yeah. Level four <laughs> is make a decision and then tell me what you did. You know, to bring it back and they're like, "I got you lemonade." <laughs> right? Like, well, I can. I can tell that. I can taste it, right? Um, and then the last one is make whatever decision you think is best. There's no need to consult me. It's like just get drinks. Yeah. Get drinks for the event. Boom taken care of yep. and so those are those are the five levels and in ministry you really kind of as a leader you have to go ahead and kind of figure out which people are where and to be honest matt there's some people where you're like okay they are a, a level two where they research and they report back when it comes to purchasing a giveaway for the confirmation gift or whatever um mm-hmm. but when it comes to choosing the music of worship music for that night they're level five i just have them do it and i don't need to worry about it um, yep, absolutely. We have meal teams. People, Teens always come into our youth program and say, what's for dinner? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and if I was in charge of it, it, it wouldn't. I mean, we'd have nachos and hot dogs all the time. <laughs> but we've got great people that are willing to agonize over these decisions that, uh, that I, don't, I don't agonize over. You know, And it's, it's a beautiful thing. That is where delegation really comes into play and makes a yeah. well-rounded ministry. As the president of a blaze, it's funny because there's so many times that parents or or people are like, "Oh, well, what's going on on this retreat?" I don't know. You like, and I was like, maybe I should. Should I know? I don't. I don't think I should. You know, I've got like six to eight people that are running that, and they have their own supervisors. I don't need to know that. I mean, it depends. Like, what's going on the retreat? We're sharing the love of Jesus Christ with these teens. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can you can say that, and then how it's being done. Well, how are they sharing? It's like at that point you can be like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It feels weird. Like like, and I don't know if uh, if this is another barrier, you know, to doing it is I have to have all the answers for everything that happens in my ministry. Right. Maybe ministry leaders feel the same way, and so that may be something that you may have to get over. And that's what I've had to get over is the, maybe there's a little pride or a little ego in there. It's like, I need to know what's going on in my ministries, all of my ministries, all of the aspects of it all the time. And I actually don't. If I, if they're at the level five delegation, I don't. There is, there are a few aspects where I think it, it, it changes a little bit, you know, in regards to sure. setting up for liturgy and, and there's certain pieces that have to be done a certain way. I don't know why, but this one's coming to mind. We have these chairs that, that get stacked 
and uh, and they go on this little chair cart thing. And if the first chair is just a little bit off, then the whole thing, <laughs> once you get to the 25th chair, it'll just topple over and it'll smash a freshman. You know what I mean? And <laughs> just crush. Poor freshman. There, there's one less freshman in our youth program. <laughs> no, but but seriously, so in that one, you have to go back to level one delegation. You have to do it exactly this way. But yeah. once you train a couple of people, then you can go ahead and say, you guys take care of it, and you know that they'll do it exactly that way, and it kind of multi- the ministry multiplies. The same is true in other areas. If it's like, okay, in small group, you have to start your small group in prayer. And then all of a sudden, two, three years down the road, everyone's just co-training each other, and it's just kind of a part of your ministry culture. And that's yeah. what delegation does. Yeah, and that's how you use these levels of delegation. You may start with one, move to two, move to three, bump up to five, and then you may have to move back to three. Who knows? And and different people are in different places at different times and with different tasks, like you said. And go ahead. Well, once again, for those who are like, what, what are the levels? He's, he talks so fast. Just just go ahead and Google. Uh, and, you know, Kyle will put it in the show notes because Kyle's really good. But it's, it's michaelhyatt.com uh, slash the five levels of delegation. And, and that's, yeah, that's what we're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. It's a real practical way to delegate to your volunteers. In another topic, because this is definitely sort of the flip side of that, when you've delegated something... They love it, but they're awful at it, and they shouldn't be doing it. How do you undelegate? How do you undelegate? Yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk about that because we as a church, we as Christians, we as leaders do not do that well. Um, We actually, too many people don't do it, period. This might be a good topic, and it might fall under the how do you fire a volunteer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Anything else on this topic, man? I'm done. No, but I do want to mention our Patreon. How do you say it? Patreon? Well, you, you, last time you called them Patreons, but if they sign up on Patreon, they are actually patrons. Okay, so you sign up on Patreon. No, I just discovered this new thing, and I, I want you to see. If we record these, and so every now and then we'll post little videos for our patrons on Patreon. I want to encourage you there to There you it. go. You did it. Because I am sitting at a different angle. Do you see? Do you notice that? Look at This is how we started the episode. You see me pretty square. Yeah. But then I turn to the side. <laughs> oh, now that's sexy, Chris. My beard, my beard is looking good right now. At, at this angle, it's just like, especially compared to your monstrosity. So it's like at this angle, hey, this is smooth jazz, Chris, right here. I think, I think this is the video that we're gonna have to post on Patreon to, <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, but just like that, Chris. What, what's happening? <laughs> Ministry Leaders Anonymous. (laughs) All right, guys. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, Stitcher, Google Play, MLAPodcast.com. You can shoot us an email at MLAPodcast at ablazeyouth.org. Write a review on iTunes or wherever you uh, get your podcasts. And share this with another ministry leader and subscribe to the podcast. The other thing we want you to do is see if you have any comments or any uh, topic suggestions, anything along those lines. We want to have dialogue with you. Absolutely. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. So take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless.